from the 600 ESPN El Paso River Oaks Property Schoolyard Sports Studio. Here's Steve Kaplowitz and Adrian Broadus. All right, happy Thursday, everybody. Welcome back as we get going here on the show. He's Adrian Broadus. I'm Steve Kaplowitz. What a night it was last night in Miami. UTEP uh, getting their first ever win in the state of Florida, their second ever win along the East Coast, and, and what's been a miserable season, finally something good coming out of it. And, and let's be honest, yes, they won. That was exciting. Um, and, and where they won was exciting. But for us, I think the highlight of the win, the fact that we've gotten to know Caden McConnell over the last couple of months since he's been coming by the show and, and giving us a lot of time to talk and getting to learn about you know him, his personality, UTEP, and how he sees the game. And he's playing at starting quarterback, and he wins, and Felt like family. I mean, seriously, I was with my 11-year-old son and felt like Cade was my 22-year-old son yesterday watching the game because we were pretty excited about it. I talked about it with Adrian when we were at the half. I said, man, isn't this the coolest thing ever? I mean, we never thought Cade would play this season. He's a four-string quarterback. Nobody ever thought we'd see any extended minutes. And then he comes in, you know, orchestrates that first drive, which was the run-dominated touchdown, and then he throws a bomb and then another bomb. And before you know it, they're up 21 nothing, and, and and we're going, what is happening here? It was awesome. It really was. Um, for one night, for one night, UTEP looked like the kind of football team we thought they would be. Now, could they have, should, should they have scored more points in the second half? Absolutely. Were there play calls that you can question? Absolutely. Was it a, a, a dominant performance from start to finish? No. But they built up enough of a lead and hit FIU early enough where, you know, you're shell-shocked having to play comeback football the rest of the way, and it's not easy to do that. And, you know, UTEP did it all on on ESPN2, whether they posed in front of the Lamborghini with the defense after the interception by Richardson and and, and made some uh, – and, and SportsCenter put that on their IG handle last night because that was fun. And then you had um, Pat McAfee showing the replay of the personal foul uh, from Buzz Flabiano and putting that on, uh, on Twitter and X last night. I mean, good for them. For one night, good for them, you know. And I saw some of the uh, the ridiculous telling you that this is going to give Dana Dimmel a contract extension. Don't be ridiculous. I mean, UTEP, who knows how many more games are going to win this season? I don't know. Will they win any? I mean, will they beat New Mexico State next week? Who knows? But like I said, you know, you go on one of these road trips with the team, and you go as a guest to the university, and we went because of Van Wagner Sports and our relationship with Van Wagner through our broadcast partnership. And uh, Ryan Brookins was a terrific host. Uh, he filled in ye- yesterday for uh, Rick Romero, who normally hosts us. And that whole team with Elizabeth, Rick, and Ryan are great. So we're with them and, and with UTEP Athletics. And um, having my son with me was, was extra special and extra fun. And you want to know something? When you go on a four-hour flight back to Miami, from Miami to El Paso and you land at four in the morning, uh, you want to see a win. It just it just makes the trip better. So, Adrian, I, I don't even know if UTEP's going to win another football game the rest of the season. I hope they do. I hope they, they can maybe turn things around at this point. But for one night on the road in a game that nobody thought they'd probably win, they played good enough to win, deserved to win, and, and won the football game. And for that, I was happy to be a part of that, happy to be there. <laughs> 
Yeah, we said yesterday that on paper going into last night's matchup, Florida International was a better team going into that one than the Miners by far. And you f- you factor in the adversity uh, and the off-the-field adversity specifically that UTEP has faced over the past couple weeks, and I find that win uh, much more impressive when you really look at it. Look, I mean, yes, you could call this season a wash, 2-5 and five on the season. They, they've really got an uphill battle to try to get anywhere close to bowl eligibility this season as it stands right now. But uh, over the past couple weeks, you had guys like Elijah Johnson, Trez Moore, uh, Tavita Tafuna, Brighton Thompson, uh, either they're redshirting right now or quit the team. And those are guys who have played relevant minutes for them over the past couple seasons and have made a difference on this team. And for those guys to just walk away from the program, but other guys who've decided to stick around like Tyrese Knight, like Praise Mayule, shine yesterday, close that game out and win on the road. I find that significant. I find that relevant and that gives this team purpose and you know they're they're searching for purpose right now at two and five on the year congratulations to john teicher getting a chance to get a a a dub in his 500th career broadcast for utep football i thought that was pretty special and pretty cool considering what he's had to endure in the last 41 plus years that he's been 42 years he's been doing these games so that was uh, really nice that he gets to have a, a, a w on a you know for a road game for utep and Remember, this is their first conference win. It's their first win against an FBS team this year. There's a lot of firsts. And and, and they won with with a quarterback that was never really supposed to play. He was Kate McConnell wasn't in the plans. And if anything, he's uh, he's earned himself another start next Wednesday against New Mexico State as everybody else gets healthy. And I'm excited to see what this team can do with him from here on out. I mean, they got a little confidence yesterday, I'll tell you right now. Scoring those first couple touchdowns, Adrian, the whole team was charged up. Yeah, and think about it. It was the most passing yards in a single game for any UTEP quarterback this year in a single game. And this guy's a fourth-string guy, and and he stepped in looking fearless. He stepped in with confidence. And that pass that he had to Kelly Akari, they were saying in the post-game show, Kelly was, that that play wasn't even supposed to be called. And Kate just ran with it. And so he executed that play, Love seeing uh, the single man coverage and hit uh, Kelly Akari right in stride. That 80-yard touchdown, those things don't happen to UTEP. No, they and don't. the fact that it did a big play like that, I thought it was really significant. And on ESPN2 and national television where they were the only game in town last night because the other game with NMSU was on CBS, sports is great. So again, good for them. Um, but we're not going to come on here today and tell you that they're turning the season around and, and that all of a sudden this, this, this season has, has hope again. I'm not telling you that. I'm just telling you they won a game. That was big. And you want to know something? They won and New Mexico State won. And given the way these two teams played last night, next Wednesday's Battle of I-10 is going to be a little more interesting now than it was 24 hours ago. Let's just put it that way, okay? I don't know what's going to happen next Wednesday night, but you know what? They both are coming off a W, and it's the 100th career matchup between the two, and it's going to be fun. And I think that as a result of the Aggies playing well, they'll get more fans. And I think as a result of the Miners winning and beating um, Florida International, they'll get some more fans. But I'm not expecting a huge crowd next Wednesday, but this was about the best possible outcome that you could have expected uh, with the games last night. I'll tell you this, regardless will be on that game, and I think yes. last night it showed that uh, what they can get from Wednesday night uh, you know, action is attention on social media, and maybe UTEP, the, the posing in front of the Lamborghini, the Buzz Flabiano uh, you know, flexing on that player on, the, on those things, maybe those things are a little you know, positive for UTEP when it comes to just national exposure 
closure. And that's something that UTEP hasn't had. I mean, that graphic where Pater Pete is uh, driving away in the Miami Vice uh, Lamborghini went viral. So I felt like UTEP was just doing all the right things to get the national spotlight on them yesterday. Without a doubt. Couldn't agree with you more. Uh, Lane Frank coming up in 10 minutes. Bernie Olivas at 5. And then uh, Joe Golding will join us uh, about an hour and 30 minutes from now. So we got a good show for you today. Well, Steve, I hope you enjoyed your trip, but I say it's very few and far between. Congratulations to UTEP for the win, an East Coast win, like you said, you've been praying that would happen. And also, congratulations for an excellent second half. They played very well, did what they had to do to keep you know, to preserve the game and preserve the win. Yeah. And if they can do this the rest of the way, Things could be very interesting. I don't know. I mean, I'm not, listen, I'm not going to try to tell you that this is the start of something special. That's ridiculous. I'm just happy they won the game, played well, and I'm just hoping they can build a little momentum off of it. That's it. I mean, you know, from a game-to-game basis, let's see what happens next Wednesday. Let's just go from there. I'm not, nobody's going to tell you that the season is going to suddenly be coming back from the dead and they're going to resurrect themselves. But what we could tell you is, for a team that's had nothing to get excited about most of this season, finally last night they did. Well, I think next week with New Mexico State could be a major turning point. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. Appreciate you, Daniel. Thanks for the call. Could be. I mean, who knows? If they go out and they play well against the Aggies and they win a couple in a row and suddenly they're 3-5, and five, you know what, and they, got, they go back on the road for another Wednesday night tilt the following week, uh, anything's possible. Anything's possible. You know, it's really interesting is uh, the overwhelming response we had last night, and I think uh, maybe Daniel was alluding to that, is people just really like Cade McConnell last night. And we threw out a minor talk poll yesterday. 84% of uh, 428 voters said that that UTEP should start Cade McConnell after that one. I mean, is it a question right now? I I think that they will uh, put put it out to the media. Hey, we're going to see if Gavin Hardison is healthy. But in reality, you've got to go with the hot hand. He's earned a starting spot. He yes. won a road game. He won a game. He won that's a game right. on a Against team that's an FBS team. Is. Yes, that was three and three. How is FIU three and three? I know. I mean, seriously, I asked Zay, group of five and and bad football, but he was saying that he watched uh, FIU North Texas, and he was surprised that Jenkins was this bad against the Miners yesterday. Jenkins looked terrible at quarterback. I mean, Maurice yeah, Moas, Moreland, and Praise the they, they had a field day. Phones are ringing. Thirteen passed as we keep moving. Uh, 505-6009 here on Sports Talk. And, uh, yes, we'd love to get uh, some more calls in before we uh, head to the break and come back with um, Lane. Let's go to Orly. He's uh, joining us uh, next on the show. And, by the way, I slept for two hours on the plane, woke up midway through the flight back. The seat was hard as hell. I thought I was sitting on a slab of concrete and couldn't fa- could not get comfortable the rest of the way out. Landed at 3.30, got home at 4, slept from 4 until Drew Bonney woke me up with a phone call at 9.30 in the morning, and I've uh, been going ever since. So, so far, so good, folks. So far, so good. Orly is next. He joins us on the phone lines. What's going on, Orly? You know... Good win, frustrating. You go up 21, he opens it up, great passing. Then he goes into, uh, let's not play to lose. Yeah, the conservative, the conservative, the conservative game plan. There's no doubt, no doubt. Punting from it, it, their 37. Yeah, which should have been a field goal attempt from the 32. Let's be honest, yeah. 
I want to see Buzz Flabiano try a 49-yard field goal. I know I was two for four yesterday, but you know what? He's a freshman kicker. Only way he's going to get better is to trot him out and give him a little more confidence. He's got to play. Yep, 100%. Uh, good, good weekend. Good weekend to see UTEP won, Coronado won, and the Dodgers got swept. Unbelievable. What a story that I is. I love it. Dodgers getting swept by Arizona has got to be the story of the year in baseball. That's just ridiculous. One out of 21 from the big boys. I know. It's amazing. All that money they spent, and they haven't been able to get to a World Series, but one time in the pandemic year, so put an asterisk by it. Yep. But, yeah, they didn't play in front of the home teams. They played on the neutral field. Uh, but it was a great week. Um, good for you, Tep. I hope that draws a little bit more crowd next week. Draws in at least uh, at least bring some more people back. I don't want to see a nine thousand nine thousand uh, people in the stands on national TV. Yeah, you won't. Don't worry about that. You won't. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, I'm glad. Is there all the family okay, Steve? Everybody's well. Thanks for asking, Orly. All right. You take care. All right, Bye-bye. you too. Thanks for the call. Uh, as we keep moving, let's go to Ed. Then we'll go to break and come back with Lane uh, here on the show. Ed, what's happening? How are you? Good, Ed. How are you? Good. Hey, I wanted to say a couple of things. First of all, those uh, Florida uniforms were the bomb. And that changing of the logo on the middle of the field, the way they do that, yeah, that was cool. very impressive, too. It I looked cool. That. I agree. I mean, listen, the, the FIU did everything they tried. They, they could. They didn't get the fans to come, but they definitely did their part to try to have some fun with uh, Miami Vice Night. There's no doubt about it. Now, I do want to say something. I, 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 did, I did get pretty Dana Dimmel that he always has stated, and I believe in it, and I believe that he's done a really good job of developing a roster with depth. And I think that he proved that last night. When you see all these five guys, six guys that have left the team, mm-hmm. and then their replacements come in and pick up where they, where these guys left off, that shows that there's depth in the roster. Yep. And I was going to say one other thing, which is when you lose five or six guys like that, maybe some of those guys were a weak link and they were spreading negativity within the roster. And I think this... This group came together last night, and I just wanted to say that because I felt they played very inspired, and I thought there was really good chemistry, especially on defense. Couldn't agree with you more, Ed. Couldn't agree with you more. And they got a turnover, which they yesterday. That was also big. And praise breaking the sack record. A lot of cool things that happened in yesterday's game. No doubt about it. All right. You have a good afternoon. You too. It's like the most subdued Ed's ever been on the show. I like it. Yeah, I think he was very fiery the last time, so maybe he felt like he needed to give a call and uh, you know be a little bit more supportive toward UTEP. There you go. That's going to be fun. All right, up next, as promised, uh, not only will we get uh, Lane Frank back, but he's going to also go head-to-head with UTEP Zay in NFL games this week. Love that as we get you ready for that. Plus, Bernie Olivas, the Toyota on, then Broncos Chiefs. We wrap it up. We'll take some more UTEP calls scattered throughout the show. But first, let's go to Charlie Wan and get this traffic update. And we're back here on Sports Talk as we continue. Let's welcome in the host of Schoolyard Sports. He is Lane Frank. He joins us each and every week to give us his NFL picks. He'll be picking against our very own UTEP Zay today. Uh, but first, Lane, thank you so much for being back. Coronado going into uh, Coronado going into the regional tournament here this weekend. And appreciate you taking a little bit of your time to join us here as we continue. Yeah, of course. Glad to be back. And we missed last week. But yeah, great that we could do this. 
guys. Thank you for uh, coming into it. Um, episode 140 of Schoolyard Sports drops this week. Tell us what we'll be hearing this week. A lot of college football, a little NFL. Obviously, MLB playoffs, big thing going on right now. Great episode. Go tune in. You know, I want to talk so much uh, different storylines with you today, Lane, but let's start off with college football. It's been a great college football season so far. The Red River rivalry was fantastic. Texas, Oklahoma. We might see this matchup down <laughs> the line in the Big 12 championship, but what did you learn about both of those teams, both Oklahoma and Texas off that first matchup between the two teams last week. I think we learned that Texas aren't exactly this world-beating type of team and that Oklahoma, a little bit gritty. Brett Venables, I'm going to throw a hot take out here right now. He has a better Oklahoma team right now than Lincoln Riley ever had his time at Oklahoma because they have an actual defense. Now, they don't have the insane offense. They have a good enough offense, but they have a great defense. Now, it's just carrying them right now. Great performance against Texas, picking off Quinn Ewers a few times. Great performance by Brett Venables. Oklahoma, great win over Texas. Now, last week we also got a chance to see USC go into an overtime classic against Arizona. I know we're talking a lot about this week and what's ahead. And, you know, for the Trojans, I'm still circling games against Washington, games against Utah, games against Oregon in the future. But what did we are, – are you a little worried about that USC team as they went into overtime? Or do you still have a lot of confidence? I mean, Caleb Williams was throwing some – times late in that game and he helped them to victory when it was all said and done i'm definitely worried about this usc team i'm so worried that i don't think they're a top 10 team anymore i think alabama should be number 10 over them i've texted number nine alabama number 10 and then i got usc at number 11 but usc big game this week against Notre dame maybe can walk out of there with a ranked win i think usc just has such a great offense but an atrocious defense and then for Notre dame atrocious offense Great defense. On one side, who could be a top uh, top 15 quarterback drafted in the NFL when it's all said and done. And Bo Nix wants his, his name in that discussion, too, out of Oregon. He's a quarterback that a lot of people overlooked before the season started. Now that Oregon's on a little bit of a run, people have kind of given him a little bit of a cre- of credit. Who do you like in this big matchup this weekend? I like Oregon in this big matchup. I think they have dogs all across the field. And we look at Washington, it's really just offense, in my opinion. Defense for Kalen DeBoer, not so great. I think they're the second best team in the Pac-12. First to Oregon, obviously. Oregon, first best team in the Pac-12. They win this game this week. I think it's going to be 38-35, to kind of similar to last year's game. Last year's game, really close shootout. One series, Bo Nix goes out. Todd Thompson comes in. They don't score a touchdown that series. They have to punt. Kind of ended the game for them right there. So, Oregon gets payback from last year. They beat Washington. How do you uh, differentiate the SEC, the Pac-12, which has risen in a big way? SEC, I don't want to say it's disappointing, but you know you've seen Georgia struggle at times this year. You saw, uh, you know, Alabama already drop a game kind of uncharacteristically, and also struggle in weird games like that South Florida matchup. You look at the Pac-12, maybe overachieved expectations from the start of the season. How do you compare those two conferences when, in reality, but if the season uh, started uh, tomorrow, we probably wouldn't have that discussion about comparing both SEC, Pac-12 in a normal year. You know, you look at SEC, I think they're really underachieving this year, and for Pac-12, they're really overachieving. For the SEC, I think you kind of hope for Alabama to be undefeated, winning that Texas game, for Georgia to kind of be world beaters right now, which they really aren't, for LSU to have that win over Florida State, be undefeated. That's really not what we've seen so far. I think Georgia is the only undefeated team in the SEC right now. That's kind of, that's right. Yeah, you know, you got teams like Tennessee, bad loss to Florida. They lose to Kentucky, Florida. Now Kentucky gets crushed by Georgia. Missouri, they were undefeated. They go and play LSU this week. They lose in a close shootout. So, yeah, SEC really underachieving. And then for the Pac-12, Washington State, not a team we expect to do well this year. They finally got their first loss. They're 5-1. and one. That's pretty good. Oregon State with DJ Wongle, they're on a roll right now. Utah, before they get Cam Rising back, it's kind of scary. They're already playing this well. 
without their quarterback one. And then USC, UCLA, Oregon, and Washington on a roll. Yeah, I mean, it's a pretty stacked Pac-12 when you really break it down. Same for a Sun Bowl. It also, yeah, it makes, me, it makes me excited for the Sun Bowl, but also really interested in the college football playoff because mm-hmm. we might not get that second SEC team. We might have that ACC team who jumps in if it's Florida State or if it's the Big 12 with some juggernauts like Texas OU. I mean, it just makes it really complicated to try to find four teams when it's all said and done. Every year we put uh, an SEC team in ink, mm-hmm. but this year it might be a little bit more of a question than in years past. I think Georgia is going to win the SEC, but say they don't, say they lose maybe to the SEC championship game to maybe Alabama or Ole Miss. Ole Miss is 12-1, Alabama's 12-1. I'd say both those teams are going to get in, 12-1, 12-1. But if Georgia ends up finishing the season 13-0 and they win the SEC, I think that's the only SEC team that will make the playoff. Man, it's going to be really interesting. And then we haven't even talked about the Big Ten. I, I mean, what a start it's been for Michigan. Uh, Ohio State, you know, they're they're a polarizing team because last week they struggle early against mm-hmm. Maryland. It's kind of like the typical Ohio State game. Exactly. And then they finish them out pretty easily. But, I mean, I guess maybe I don't put any stock into these early season Michigan-Ohio State games and le- uh, unless we're, I'm trying to find their skill position players for those bigger games. I mean, Maryland wasn't that opponent for Ohio State like maybe people thought initially. You know, everybody loves to say Michigan hasn't played anybody. Why are they ranked number two in the country? Well, they play like the number two team in the country, even though they're playing poor competition. It's still a Big Ten team. It's still a Big Ten team that could probably be top of the Pac-12, high up in the Big 12. So I kind of disagree when people say that. And Michigan has done what they need to do against these poor teams, winning 52 of 10 against Minnesota, two pick sixes, only touchdown given up, passing touchdown all season was in that game. And it was a Hail Mary at the end of that first half. So uh, Michigan on a roll right now for Ohio State, like you said. I don't love the way their offense is playing. Marvin Harrison Jr. not really getting as many touches as we thought he would. The running game is struggling with Trayvon Henderson out. Kyle McCord, not the guy we thought he was going to be, but turn up a little bit in that second half. Still, though, issues in the defense. Struggle against Felia Tongvaloa for a little bit there. Offense. And then Penn State, I think they're the most, not underrated, because they definitely do get some ratings. They're definitely top 10 team in the country, but maybe a little bit underhyped, because this is a team that has the potential to beat Michigan, potential to beat Ohio State. I think if there's... One team in the country that I'd say could beat Michigan, it might be Penn State. They have a great running game with Nick Singleton, an amazing quarterback in Drew Aller, a really good defense. What hurt them in last year's game, they were winning at halftime, winning a little bit in the second half, is they just didn't have a quarterback to play well in Sean Clifford. Now they have Drew Aller. They're going to be dangerous. Watch out for Penn State. If I had to go with my top four right now, I'd probably go number one, Michigan, just based on what I've seen. I'd probably go number two. I probably wouldn't go Georgia. I mean, maybe that's a stretch for some people. I just haven't really liked how the Bulldogs have played this year so far. I might throw in a team like Florida State in that number two spot. I still, I would just give the nod to just put Big 12 in big letters at number three. And then number four, that's the toss-up. That's where it's going to be between the Pac-12 or the SEC, whoever comes up with the better resume. And unfortunately for the Pac-12, they might just beat up on each other. You might have two or three one-loss teams who have uh, the talent and what it takes to be a college football playoff team when it's all said and done. Exactly, and that whole top four is a little bit messed up right now because Florida State, they have that win against LSU, not so great right now. You have that really close game against a really bad Boston College team. Yeah, that's close. I mean, so that's struggling right there. I mean, Georgia has a few close games against Auburn and South Carolina, but those are SEC teams. Then you just went and dominated a top 25 team in Kentucky. At home. So Georgia, I'll pencil them at, at number two. I think Oklahoma is number three for me right now. And Love then their defense. For number four, toss-up right now. It could, be, it could be anybody. It could be Florida State. It could be Ohio State. It could be Oregon. It could be Washington. Even Penn State. So 
yeah, really a toss-up for number four. Okay, let's shift gears. Let's talk a little NFL right now. What a weird NFL uh, week it was last week in week five. I mean, you have the Ravens going down uncharacteristically in that game uh, against the Steelers. The Cowboys just getting annihilated against uh, the 49ers on Sunday Night Football. Uh, other weird games. I mean, the, the Bengals uh, dominated against the Cardinals. I thought people were thinking, would Joe Burrow sit out that game? Would he not? Eagles uh, dominate on the ground again from last week. You know, obviously the top one, Cowboys 49ers, 49ers kind of play like my Michigan Wolverines a little bit. That good running game, they don't make the flashy plays, but they're slowly <laughs> going to kill you. They're slowly going to destroy you in that game. That's kind of what happened. It just seemed like one second ago, it was 14-10, and now it's 42-10. So, great one right there by San Francisco 49ers. I think that's the win of the week for the Ravens-Steelers game that you talked about. I said this in the show, Squared Sports this week, episode 140. I said never count the Steelers out of a game. I don't think there's a single team in the NFL where I can automatically say, oh, they're going to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers just because how good that Steelers defense is. But you can't also say Steelers are definitely going to win this game because there can be struggles in offense, Matt Canna's offense, and then you never know the holes in the defense. So kind of interesting team right there, Pittsburgh Steelers. If you were Robert Kraft and things continue this way with the New England Patriots, what do you do at the end of the season with Bill Belichick, even if it's just a conversation about maybe – loosening the reins on having so much uh, control over personnel and which players come into your locker room. You know, it's definitely interesting right now. I think the Patriots have a really good defense and the quarterback, Mac Jones, really holding them back right now. So if you're going to go off of one bad season, a few bad games, to fire a head coach who has won you X Master Bowl, six Master Bowls, that's ridiculous in my opinion. Let him get that number one pick. Let him get that top ten pick. Let him pick a guy like Caleb Williams, Michael Panks Jr., Drake May, and let's see what he does. what he does with it. Bill Belichick hasn't done the greatest with finding his maybe successor to be his next head coach because Matt Patricia wants to be a head coach was terrible. Gerard Mayo still hasn't gotten a head coaching job. Some people may want to say him. Josh McDaniels, horrible as the Raiders head coach right now, you could say. So I guess that's kind of interesting right now with Bill Belichick. When you look at guys like Nick Saban, they had their successor in line. They had it for years. They're still going to have it. Bill Belichick, really nobody to take over the reins if he does leave. You know, with uh, a team like the Broncos, they also have a lot of challenges that they're facing right now. And they, they lost another one where maybe they had opportunities at times against the Jets. But I look at that Broncos team. They have so many problems on defense. Russell Wilson is a shell of who he was as a quarterback. And even though uh, in late games they're in these games, you, you, you kind of count them out late games because I don't really have a confidence confidence in Russell Wilson that he's actually going to turn the corner and win him some of these close matchups. I just don't think they have enough talent on the field. I think Sean Payton might be one of the most overrated coaches in NFL history because, you know, maybe been a likable guy with Drew Brees. Not to make playoff wins, only one Super Bowl. Now, that's a good point. Russell Wilson also only won Super Bowl two appearances, though. Russell Wilson was a star in Seattle, and he could be a star in Denver, just hadn't shown so far. It's home run right there. But, uh, yeah, it's... um. Pretty interesting with the way the Broncos season has been going so far. I don't think they have enough talent in the field. Patrick Sertan has been great in the defense. Outside of him in the defense, really not too much. Offense, with a receiving core of Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, maybe a third guy, not going to get the job done. Javante Williams is banged up every week. I don't love the way the Broncos are playing. All right, guys, it's time to pick some games. Let's welcome in UTEP Zay. You got, you guys both got a chance to host Sports Talk this past year for the first time ever. Uh, you guys probably will get a good chance to do a couple other shows here as the year ends and winds down. Zay, welcome aboard. You have any questions for our uh, guest here, Lane Frank, as we get ready for the NFL season? Who's intriguing you right now? I don't know. The NFL's in a weird situation, I guess. It's really entertaining, and um, I just, I'm ready to get these picks on. I've been, I've been looking at this paper the past <laughs> 10 minutes, you know, in my head going through all the games, so let's do it. 
Okay, let's just jump into it. Uh, first game, it's the Thursday night football one. It's coming up later tonight. Amazon Prime Video will have it. We'll have it for you after Sports Talk today here on 600 ESPN El Paso. It's the 1-4 and four Denver Broncos taking on the 4-1 and one Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, man, this is going to be a tough one. The line is in favor right now of Kansas City at 10.5. Uh, we'll start with you, Lane. Who are you picking here? Kansas City, Denver. Is there even a question here? I just ran to on Denver. There's no way of picking Denver in this one. A lot of things have to happen for Denver to win this one. Maybe Travis Kelsey being out will help if he is out. I'll go with Kansas City. Too much run game, too much passing game by Patrick Mahomes. Let's go Chiefs. Andy Reid outsmarts Sean Payton to win one. Zay, any upset pick here? Yeah, no. Denver, maybe they're not a dumpster fire, but they're nearing that status. So yeah, give me the Chiefs. All right, let's move over to the Sunday London game. You guys have to set your timers, set your clocks early Sunday. 7.30 kickoff out in London. NFL Network will have it. It's the Baltimore Ravens, who are 3-2 and four, uh, three and two on the season, taking on the Tennessee Titans, who are 2-3 and three on the year. This one, the line is set for Baltimore. Four points in their favor right now, Lane, as we get ready for Ravens and Titans. Both these teams coming off a bad loss. Titans season has not gone the way they planned. DeAndre Hopkins has been really that bright star for them. I thought the Ravens could have used somebody like DeAndre Hopkins if they signed this offseason. That's kind of showing how terrible that receiving core was last Sunday. But let's go with the Ravens. Bounce back win in London over All the right. Titans. Zay, your pick. Ravens, Titans. Who do you got? Yeah, some weird things happen when you play in London. And um, there's some animosity between these two squads. Maybe it's a little old, but give me Tennessee. Okay, I like it. Let's, uh, let's uh, pencil in Zay uh, for Tennessee. Now shifting over, let's go to Atlanta. The Falcons are hosting the Washington Commanders. This one, uh, two and a half points for the Atlanta Falcons out at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Uh, Zay, we'll hand it over to you. Who do you like, Commanders, Falcons? Yeah, give me Atlanta. I really like watching Atlanta. They have some fun weapons. Um, whether they utilize those weapons, that's uh, something. <laughs> uh, discussion for another time, but give me Atlanta. I think they're really Fun squad watch, and uh, I think they got Washington in this one. Zay's got Atlanta. Lane, who do you have in this matchup? I also have Atlanta in this one. I don't know if we could consider Kyle Pitts a weapon anymore. I mean, I mean people always love to say, underutilized weapon. What if he's just not a weapon on the field? But Bijan Robinson, one of the best young running backs in the game. Desmond Ruder has yet to lose a home game, college or NFL. That he started in. That streak continues this week. Let's go, Falcons. Good stat right there. Minnesota on the road taking on the Chicago Bears. Both of these teams are 1-4 on the season, yet Minnesota is favored 2.5 points at Soldier Field uh, Lane as we get ready for Vikings and Bears. I think the Vikings might be the best 1-4 team in NFL history. You know, Bears coming off a great win, a little bit of a break on Thursday Night Football. They're ready for it. They're not going to win this one, though. Let's go, Vikings over the Bears in a really, really tight game. I like the Vikings. All right, Zay, who do you like here? Minnesota, Chicago. Yeah, I'm going to go against the grain. Give me Chicago. I'm a Justin Fields guy. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I think Lane will have way too much to say about that right there. But before <laughs> we uh, turn it over to him, let's let's keep it going. Seahawks, Bengals. This one's taking place out in Cincinnati. Bengals are favored by two and a half points, coming off a big victory on the road against Arizona last week. Lane, who do you like here? Seahawks, Bengals. Uh, early game here at 11 o'clock local time. On my show, I picked the Bengals. Let's go with the Bengals right here. I think the Seahawks kind of a bland football team. You know, we got the decent running game, decent quarterback, decent receiving game outside DK Metcalf. Really all decent around. You're going to beat a few 
decent teams by doing that strategy, but not the Cincinnati Bengals. Clicking right now, they're going to get T. Higgins back, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing. Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon. Let's go with the Bengals. Zay, any questions here? Bengals hosting the Seahawks. Yeah, I thought about taking Seattle in this one, and uh, I'm not a big fan of Cincy. I don't think they're quite as good as some people think, but yeah, I'm going to take the Bengals. All right, let's shift it over. Go to Cleveland. The Browns hosting the unbeaten 49ers right now. The Browns on the season 2-2, two and two, coming off that bye week. Still uncertain if Deshaun Watson will play or not. Still uh, nursing a shoulder injury right now. This one taking place out at Cleveland Browns Stadium. San Francisco, 7-point favorites in this one, Zay. Who do you like, 49ers or the Browns? Yeah, Deshaun Watson, no Deshaun Watson. It won't matter because San Francisco is going to win this game. Mm. Lane, who do you have? I have San Francisco also, but don't overlook the Browns. This is an interesting road game up in Cleveland, in my opinion, maybe riding off that hangover of that amazing winning Cowboys last week. Never know how that goes on the road against Cleveland, but San Francisco responds well. Let's go San Fran. Let's go to my favorite team in Texas. It's the Houston Texans hosting the New Orleans Saints. Love what we've seen so far from C.J. Stroud. The weapons have really emerged around him as well. Nico Collins already with almost 500 receiving yards on the season, and Pierce on the ground balances that offense nicely. Still no interceptions for C.J. Stroud. Does it come this week against the Saints, and can they get a W lane. I do think an interception comes this week. I think CJ Stroud has been amazing so far in his rookie season. Really surprised me and a lot of people. I think it's going to be a really close game. I got the Saints. You just won 34 nothing. It's tough to lose a game after losing 34 nothing. So let's go Saints over the Texans. Derek Carr, really interesting fantasy football pickup if you need a quarterback. Next two weeks, really easy games. They're going to play the Colts, Texans this week, and a few other easy teams. Let's go Saints. Alvin Kamara struggling, but Saints will win this one. Zay, are you going to take the Houston team here? Yeah, Houston's a really fun team to watch. They're a fun team all around, and um, you know they lost last week, and they're going to lose again. Give me the Saints. Ooh, man. Both of you guys agree with the Saints. I'm, I'm on an island here uh, with the Texans. Indianapolis taking on Jacksonville. This one will be taking place out at Everbank Stadium in Jacksonville, Florida. The Jaguars favored by four points in this matchup. No Anthony Richardson. He hit the IR this week. Uh, We heard that earlier this week. And, in fact, the Colts will start Garner Minshew, uh, their backup quarterback in this one. Zay, who do you like? Colts, Jaguars in Jacksonville. Yeah, it's Minshew Mania. Give me the Colts. Wow. Quick one on that. Lane, your thoughts? I'm going to go against Minshew Mania in this one. Let's go with the Jacksonville Jaguars getting a win. Gardner Minshew doesn't get his revenge in a game over his former team, Jacksonville Jaguars. Jaguars did really well last week, being the Bills. Travis Etienne had a great game. Trevor Lawrence played really well. Calvin Ridley still playing one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. So let's go Jaguars over the Colts. I love that play when it was Calvin Ridley one-on-one last week against the Bills, and he just uh, you know skunked the <laughs> secondary member and took that catch late in the game to seal it up for the Jaguars. Let's shift it over, go to Miami, stay in the state of Florida. The Dolphins hosting the Panthers, who right now look like one of the worst teams in the NFL. Lane, give me your, your thoughts on this one. Carolina, Miami. Maybe not just one of, maybe the worst team in the NFL. Bryce Young doesn't do well in this one. Let's go to Tungvaloa schooling his Alabama quarterback uh, fellow. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Uh, l- uh, let's go to you, Zay. Who do we have here? Miami, Carolina. Yeah, Miami, all that speed. It's it's so fun to watch. I mean, they're so quick. And, uh, yeah, give me Miami. No question about this one. All right, guys, let's pick the afternoon games and the evening games, plus Monday Night Football coming up next. You're listening to Sports Talk as we continue right here on 600 ESPN El Paso.
All right, welcome back here on Sports Talk. As we continue, we are joined by Lane Frank. He is the host of Schoolyard Sports, episode 140, dropping this week. Check it out on all platforms. That is Schoolyard Sports. And uh, coincidentally enough, we are here in the Schoolyard Sports River Oaks Property uh, Studios here as we continue. Zay Galindo is picking against Lane Frank this week. We are now shifting it over to some of the afternoon matchups. Guys, let's just jump right into it. Let's talk Patriots, Raiders. This one is interesting right now because the Raiders, on one hand, they're coming off of a big victory against the Packers on Monday Night Football. Bit of a short week for them. And the Patriots coming off that 34 nothing skunking against uh, the New Orleans Saints last week. Uh, this is the former coach here in Josh McDaniels taking on his former uh, you know head coach in Bill Belichick. Lane, what do you think about this one? Patriots-Raiders uh, afternoon matchup on CBS. I think the student becomes teacher in this one. Josh McDaniels gives Bill Belichick a little lesson right here. Gets a big, convincing win over New England Patriots. They're going to have to question some things. Bailey Zappi, Malik Cunningham. Who's going to be their next quarterback? I like Malik Cunningham. That's a good name right Bailey there. Bailey Zappi was good, though, last mm, year. I like Bailey Zappi, too. Western Kentucky's finest. Conference USA's own. Zay, who do you like here? Yeah, I just can't see Bill Belichick uh, getting blown out in three straight games. I think this one's going to be... I'm going to take New England. I'm going to take New England. Wow. Yeah. What a shock there, Zay. Coming off the top rope. Let's go off to the NFC West. It's the Cardinals, who are 1-4 on the season, taking the taking on the Los Angeles Rams, 2-3 and three on the year. This one taking place out in SoFi. Uh, Rams favored by 7 points. A touchdown favorites here in this one, Zay. Who do you like? Cardinals, Rams. Yeah, um, 7 points is a lot. I think the Cardinals, you know, I think a lot of people could agree they're not as bad as we thought. But, yeah, I'm going to take the Rams in this one. Okay. All right, Lane, who do you like? Arizona, L.A. Cardinals, they really seem well coached. Jonathan Gann seemed like the right man for this job. When they hired him a few months ago, Josh Dobbs has been playing well so far. Does what he needs to do. And they have a good win over the Dallas Cowboys, but they don't win right here. Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua is a deadly combo. For any defense, and they're going to put the Cardinals in spin cycle in this game. Let's go Rams over Cardinals. If I told you that Lions-Bucks could be the best game of the afternoon slate before the season started, you guys would have told me I was crazy. But now we've got the Lions, who are 1-4 and four on the season, riding a lot of momentum right now. And they've got one of the afternoon slots against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who are also a one-loss team coming off a of bye week. They're 3-1 and one on the season. Maybe found some magic with Baker Mayfield uh, with them. Lane, who do you like here? Detroit, Tampa Bay. I think Detroit's a top 10 team in the NFL, maybe top 5, the way they're playing. Jared Goff always gets disrespected. He's a former number one overall pick. Another person who also gets disrespected, Baker Mayfield, former number one overall pick. Like you said, game of the week. This might be the game of the week right here. Let's go with uh, let's go with the Lions, though. I think this run game, Jameer Gibbs, they get Monroe St. Brown back in this one. Dave Montgomery, Dan Campbell, Ben Johnson, maybe the best offense coordinator in football. I like the Lions in a close one over Tampa Bay. Mm. Don't disrespect Tampa Bay, though. Uh, Zay, who do you like here? Yeah, give me Detroit. I think they're a really fun team to watch, and they're just I, I'm a Jared Goff guy. So, yeah, give me, <laughs> give me Detroit. All right, let's move it over to the Eagles-Jets matchup. This one taking place out at MetLife Stadium, 225 kickoff on Fox. The Eagles, 5-0, and only other team other, aside from San Francisco unbeaten in the league right now, taking on the Jets, who are 2-3 and three on the season, a close win against the Broncos last week on the road, and now they are back home this week. Uh, Zay, how do you see this one right here? Yeah, I think this is a spot where it might be a little closer than some people could um, anticipate. But yeah, Philadelphia, they're just a better team. They're going to not smoke the Jets, but yeah, they're going to win. 
All right, Lane, who do you like here? Jets, Eagles coming up on Sunday. The Jets have never beaten the Eagles. There are 12 appearances games against them. They have never managed to beat the Philadelphia Eagles. I think that changes this Sunday. Zach Willis and Brees Hall, they get a big win over the Philadelphia Eagles. This Eagles team needs to be humbled a little bit, in my opinion. They were complaining so much last week. Couldn't get offensive drives going against the Los Angeles Rams. This Jets defense has been solid so far. They've been playing great. I like the Jets getting another upset. They've already beat the Buffalo Bills. That's a great win. Again, another upset right here over Philadelphia Eagles. Almost beat the Chiefs two weeks ago. Jets over the Eagles. Wow, that is the schoolyard sports special right there. Upset special, if you will. Uh, speaking of upset special, Lane, the Giants are 1-4 and four on the season. They take on the 3-2 and two Buffalo Bills, who, by the way, right now, they are facing a ton of injuries. They're coming off that London game with a little bit of adversity uh, on their roster. 6-20 kickoff. It's the Sunday night football game taking place in the state of New York. Buffalo will host, host this one. How do you see this one, Lane? Lucky for Buffalo Bills being injured and everything. They have a very easy game this week against the New York Giants, and they will win that game. They have a good pass rush, Von Miller, a few other guys. I like the Bills, Greg Rousseau. I like the Bills to dominate the New York Giants on Sunday Night Football. Daniel Jones, 0-3 on primetime. He's getting into that this season, or so far this season, 0-3 on primetime. 11 sacks on Monday Night Football two weeks ago. That's horrific. Not by the offensive line, not by just Daniel Jones, by a collective by the whole team. Even if they get Saquon Barkley back in this one, I don't think they win this one. Let's go Bills over the Giants. Zay Lane picked against his own team right there, and he did it with a lot of confidence. Do you have any confidence in this New York Giants team? I don't. I don't. I mean, just watching it, you know, sometimes it hurts my eyes. I'm sorry about that, Lane. But I agree. Know. I agree. There's, not, <laughs> yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, give me Buffalo. Give me Buffalo in this one. All right, guys. It all boils down to this one. Cowboys Chargers Monday Night Football. Six fifteen is the kickoff. The Cowboys three and two on the season. They're also one and two on the road. Something to note for the Dallas Cowboys early on this season. The Chargers right now two and two on the year off a of bye week. This one taking place out at SoFi Stadium in Inglewood, California. Basically a home game for the Cowboys for sure. Uh, Zay, you'll wrap it up for us. Who do you like here, Cowboys? Chargers. Yeah, the Cowboys and the team that uh, hurt my eyes when I watch them. They just don't show up in big games. This isn't really a big game. Give me Dallas. Ooh, man. Lane, uh, who do you like here? Monday Night Football out at SoFi Stadium. There's going to be more Cowboys fans than Chargers fans because Chargers don't have fans in SoFi Stadium. But I'm going to go with the Chargers in this one. Coming off a of bye week, Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler again healthy right here. I think the Cowboys are overrated simply. They have a bad defense now with Trayvon Diggs being out for the season. If you guys banged up on that defense, Gave 42 points to San Francisco 49ers last week. So, big game for Brandon Staley right here to show if he can be a Super Bowl winning head coach, a big time game winning head coach. Justin Herbert, prime time, he gets a win over Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys. Mm, you guys are now tied for six games that Ooh. you picked differently. So, we tied. need a over under right here uh, pick. The over under for Cowboys Chargers is 51. I need total points from both of you guys. It's 51 right now. Lane, give me your total points between Cowboys and Chargers as a simple tiebreaker. Let's go 30 to 28, Chargers. Okay, 30-28. Uh, Zay, go ahead. You give me yours. Um, Let's go 35-31, Cowboys. 35-31. We got it. We had a great one this week. Lane, uh, we got Zay here for this one. We're ready, and we'll be back at it next week for week number seven. But let's see how you do this week, man. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. Great week. Uh, hey, uh, give us for one more, uh, one more time to our listeners, give us the rundown for Schoolyard Sports, episode 140, dropping this week. Out on all podcast platforms and for the video version, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, 
Uh, so go tune in there. But yeah, college football, a lot of that. Give you my top five college football hot takes. Definitely a few interesting ones out there around the bases where I talk about the MLB. I'm going on right now. It's a great episode. Go tune in. Awesome, Lane. Hey, it's always great to join you each and every week, Lane. Thanks again for stopping by, and we'll see you next week. Of course. Thank you. All right, let's take a break right now. When we come back, we've got Bernie Olivas. The Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl watch is right around the corner. Stay with us as Sports Talk continues here on 600 ESPN El Paso. Yard Sports Studio. Here's Steve Kaplowitz and Adrian Broadus. Ah, yes. Thank you very much. Hour two of Sports Talk underway. Hey, uh, tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock, Dining Deals is going to be back. Um, And it's the first time we've uh, had a chance to give you a chance to really enjoy a huge opportunity. Now, first off, when you go to 600ESPNLPaso.com, you got to go to the must-read bar. Must-read bar, you'll see it before you see anything. It's it's our lead. It's right next to the must-read. It's called Dining Deals. Click it, folks, because we're kicking it off tomorrow at 10 a.m. with Ruli's International Kitchen. Here's how this works. You're able to purchase... $50 gift certificates to Rulies for $25. Now, this is a steal of a deal. Um, It does include alcohol. And I will tell you, you can limit two per person. But, folks, um, when you talk about these kind of deals... Um, and and I and I'm partial to Rulies because it's right next to the radio station, and I've known Chef Rulie forever, so I've been going to uh, his restaurants ever since he opened his first one up. The food is so good. Um, whether it's the pizza, the burgers, the tortas. Um, he's got right now uh, chili and nogada, which is one of my all-time favorites, and that's a limited special that he brings up this time of year. Uh, he's put pomegranates in there. It's, it's terrific. So point is, you can take advantage starting at 10 a.m. tomorrow while they last until they're gone and purchase $50 gift certificates to Ruli's International Kitchen for just $25. If you want to learn more about it, go to the Dining Deals tab on the Must Read bar, and that's at 600ESPNElPaso.com. Trust me, don't wait, because these are going to go. And each week, a new restaurant will be featured um, on our websites. And in fact... We've got a special conversation coming up later this hour. Glenn Garza will be going one-on-one with Chef Rulies, uh, and that is something you don't want to miss. We'll have that for you right after the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl watch. Adrian, I'm getting hungry just thinking about dining deals. Dude, no no kidding. I'm not kidding on this one. Sal, Zay, and myself, we had Rulies last night for the UTEP game. Uh, Zay was feasting on a cheese pizza over there, and Sal and I had the calzones. We had to try them. They were monstrous. They filled us up. They were excellent, and I'm a huge Rulies fan being here right next to the station. Oh, those pizzas. Those pizzas are so good. So, so good. All right. Um, I have a special treat for you right now, folks. Normally, we have one Olivas joining <laughs> us during uh, during the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl watch. But today, we've multiplied the number of Olivas's into two. We've squared them. Actually, we haven't squared them. We've, we've multiplied them. If we squared them, that means we'd have four of them, But we, which is almost possible. We, we could. But we, we, right now, we'll start with two because we do have Angela and uh, also her dad, Bernie, with us for this uh, Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl watch. Ange, welcome back. Hey. Is this your first trip ever with Bernie for this particular segment? It is. This is the first time. 
Do you want to know why Why have we taken so long to bring you on the show? I don't know. Why don't you ask the man himself and see what kind of an answer he has for she's you? Right? Always, she's busier than I, I am. I know. Most I'm of, always she's working. busier than I am most of the time. Most That's of true. the time. That's true. She is busy. Good point. Yeah. And you're pretty busy. And, I, exactly, and I'm pretty busy. And most of the time, she's busier than I am. So Why uh, is it that in the um, Olivas DNA, uh, by the way, please. Come great on. ringtone. It I is love great, it. It, is, it is a great ringtone. It is a great ringtone. But... I mean, I know, and I always, and I never, and I never say anything. I never say to, to to Bernie, please, can you can you just turn the ringer off before this segment? <laughs> I always do, except for today. I like that, but you know why? Because people wanted to hear the El Paso ringtone. That's yeah. why. That's my song. That's I what l- I want them to play as a as they're wheeling me out in the casket. Oh my God! Well, listen, you got time for that, please. Um, uh, college football continues to be just uh, e- you know every single week something big happens. And, uh, Ange, you get to be our celebrity picker this week on Heck our yes. Chick-fil-A uh, Selectum Contest. Have you ever gone toe-to-toe with your dad before picking games? I've never, but we talk about it after. So long conversations on Sunday mornings on what we watched. Mm-hmm. This past Sunday yeah. was huge mm-hmm. or because of Miami's flub at the end of that game. Oh, yeah. And then you had the Red River rivalry, which was amazing. That was wire-to-wire. That was just Unbelievable! Have you ever been to the Red River Rivalry? I haven't. It's a dream. It's on my bucket list. It is such a good time. You yeah. know, I've never been to the Red River Rivalry either, and I've been oh. offered. I've been, you know, I've been offered to go many times. I just well, can you please? most of that time? That's when we start traveling for you know the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. So I had I have to go you know look at our our conference uh, you know teams to do this, but I've never been there. The next time they offer you tickets, can you at least send Angela in your place? <laughs> right? and say, you I will go. So here's the deal. I will have another Olivas go on this trip, but it's going to be Angela, not me. And I'm telling you, that she has to experience it. Guys, it is so much fun. So, so much fun. That's what I've heard. Really you got to realize, uh, Angela was the sports information director right. at, at UTEP. Uh, I remember. So she knows her football pretty well. <laughs> I mean, that's true. Think about this. Okay, quick question. All the teams locally you've worked with over the years name them all the teams so you worked with the diablos to start i did well i actually gave this speech this morning to um, some high school kids i actually started with the diocese of el paso scoring um boys and girls elementary basketball games so i've done that um i've done my daughter's volleyball games growing up I worked at the Cohen Stadium for the Diablos, uh, worked for UTEP Athletics. I've been a filler for New Mexico State Athletics, too. Um, and You've worked for the Sun Bowl. I've worked for the Sun Bowl Association. Um, and then now Chihuahua's Locomotive. I've done some stuff with FC Juarez. So, have yeah. Have you ever done hockey? I have not done hockey. Would you like me to call Corey Herman? Right? Just so you can cross <laughs> that off the list. I'll call him. Please, you I'll need to. I'll call him and Shay and, Please. and Tyler. They're great people over there. Tell them, you know what? I, we started thinking about this. <laughs> and of all the sports, you're the only one I haven't had a chance to work. So That's right. Can I please do stats one night just to know that I can now say we, we, we can cross, we'll cross it off. off the list? Or, <laughs> exactly. or maybe they'll let you in the penalty box and you can be the penalty box. That'd operator. be awesome. That'd be so great. That would be a fun one. All right, good. Well, uh, this is a great contest. Before we get started on this, by the way, punt, pass, and kick. How'd it go, Bernie? It went fantastic. I think we had, like I said, I don't know have the numbers yet, but it looked like we had almost double the, te- the participants that we had uh, uh, last year. And, of course, uh, like I said, it, it's, I hope you parents that are listening or kids are listening, you know, it's a free event. 
uh, any you know boys and girls ages you know six to fifteen, mm-hmm. and the winners of each division get to ride on a float, oh. their own float on uh, Thanksgiving Day at the Glashin Vice and Interman you know injury lawyers parade, and they will also be recognized at the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. So it's it's a fun event. You punt, you pass, you kick. And uh, like I said, we've had some uh, some pretty good athletes. I remember back, I uh, can't remember exactly the date, but it's been a few years that we had, when NFL was sponsoring it, we had an El Paso win the national PP&K. That's amazing. His name was Ryan Madrid, and of course he went to Cathedral High School, and it was a funny story. Uh, we go for, we close it up at 7 o'clock is our times. He showed up at about 6.55, and we were already we were already packed up, and he shows up, and he said, is it over? He said, it's not 7. And I said, no, you're right. It's not seven. So we pulled out the tape measures. We pulled out the balls. We pulled out the tees. And he winds up winning the local competition, goes to Dallas at the Dallas Cowboy game, wins that competition, and goes to the Pro Bowl. That's when the NFL used to take him to the Pro Bowl. And he winds up winning the national, the national PP&K. So, uh, again, it's a lot of fun. Uh, obviously, NFL doesn't, doesn't sponsor anymore. But uh, riding in the parade in front of 200,000 people, not a, bad, not a bad thing. And going getting recognized at the Tony Tiber Sumble. So, uh, mark your calendars. It's the second week of October every year. I love that story just because you were able to get him in. And if you didn't get him in, none of that would have ever happened. Exactly. And like I said, he made the deadline. That's a great story. All right. Look, here's how we're going to do this. We've got our trivia quiz coming up here in just a moment. We have uh, Chick-fil-A, Tony the Tiger Symbol Selectum Contest. By the way, last week, Adrian, I went 7 out of 10. You went 7 out of 10. And Bernie, well, he did not go 7 out of 10. He took some uh, swings uh, last week, Steve. We all knew it. We all all took a, a risk of our own. And now I think you are three up on Bernie. I think I'm on, I'm two up on Bernie right now. So I'm one up on you overall. Correct. Okay. I've got to take some chances. I got to you catch do. up. I have to take you, some chances. You uh, do because so it's now. already now week <laughs> yeah. seven. We're running out of so, we're running out of weeks for you. So, uh, so I've got to pick a lot of upsets to yes. try to catch you guys. Will there be a family bet between you and Angela this week? Are you betting lunch over just the two of you? Maybe breakfast hey, no matter, or breakfast. <laughs> hey, no matter what we bet, I want to paint. No matter who wins, <laughs> I want to paint anyway. I would ex- I would expect nothing less. I really would. <laughs> okay, that's perfect. Here we go with our games this week. Ange, the way this works is very simple. We'll give you the matchups. We'll tell you the team records. We'll give you the spread just for entertainment purposes, but it's picking straight-up winners every single week, which you can do, by the way, at sunbowl.org. Here we go. We'll get things started first in the ACC. Syracuse is traveling to Tallahassee to take on Florida State. Uh, the Seminoles are fourth in the country at 5-0, 3-0 in the ACC, while Syracuse is 4-2 overall, winless in the ACC. FSU, 17.5-point favorites, Ange, as we started off. <laughs> okay, so I think this is a no-brainer. I'm going with Florida State. You know, uh, this is a did-you-know question. I did this. Uh, the last time Florida State played in the Sun Bowl was in 2019. They lost 20-14 to 14 against ASU, and my daughter, Elizabeth Vega, was the Sun Bowl Association queen that year. So Special year for you. Yes, it was. And uh, what is Elizabeth doing now? Elizabeth is now the manager for marketing and digital strategies with El Paso Locomotive FC. Keeping it in nice. the family, Bernie. <laughs> Keeping it in the family. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Yeah, I love um, that. We need to bring three Olivas right? next time. One of these days we do need a trio of Olivas. We'll make history. That'll be fun. Yeah. All right. The Seminoles have scored 
30 or more points in 11 straight and are seeking their 12th straight win, I'm going with Florida State at home. And you're throwing stats at us. This I is, guess. I love that. All right. <laughs> uh, Anja says, uh, Florida State. Bernie, what about you? Lock of the week. This, <laughs> no, I lost my lock oh of my the week God. last week. <laughs> uh, I'm F- FSU. All no, right, I'm FSU no it is. Um, Adrian. Yeah, no question here. Give me the Seminoles. Uh, we're all unanimous. We'll pick uh, FSU at home over Florida, which then takes us to game number two. This will be a Pac-12 matchup. Let's talk about this next because uh, it will feature none other than Cal and Utah. It's a 1 o'clock game on the Pac-12 network. Cal's 3-3, three 1-2 three, in the Pac-12. Utah's 4-1, 1-1 and one, one and one in the Pac-12. Utah ranks 16th in the country at Salt Lake in Salt Lake City. Uh, Utah, Bernie, 11.5-point favorites. My second lock of the week, Utah Utes all the way. It is the Utes, Adrian. Yeah, I've got Utah as well. There's, By the way, there's seven teams in the, uh, in the top 25 out of the Pac-12 right now. Utah ranks 16th. I wonder how high they could get this year as far as their rank. Right. There's seven in the Pac, and there's six in the ACC that are ranked this Man. week. So mm-hmm. we're Never still, had it this late like that. It's no, crazy. It, like I said, it makes it great for the Tony Tiger Sun because we are going to get two teams. And, and I'm looking at the standings to see who could be here. And it could be, you know, you can eliminate, you could probably eliminate Florida State and USC and, and Oregon. But after that, uh, it's wide open for yeah, us. It's going to be fun. I agree with you. All right, I'll also take uh, Utah over Cal. Uh, what about you, Ange? Oh, I am not taking Utah. This is my upset of the week. They lo- Utah lost their QB, if you guys can remember. And the Bears are averaging 217.3 rushing yards a game, second in the Pac-12. I'm going to go with the upset in Utah. The Cal-, Cal Bears are going to take that as a victory. I love it. Our first curveball thrown as we uh, go back now to the ACC. This could be, this next game, one of the toughest games to pick. So I'm interested to see where everybody decides to go. It's 3-2 and two Wake Forest, winless in the ACC, battling 2-4 and four Virginia Tech, 1-1 one and one in the ACC. Um, it's in Blacksburg, uh, Virginia, at Lane Stadium. And Adrian, Virginia Tech opens up one-and-a-half-point home favorites. Give me Wake Forest in this one. I, I know it's one that we're going to toss and turn about on both sides. I'm not impressed with the Hokies thus far. Uh, give me the Demon Deacons, who desperately need a win after losing back-to-back. I could not agree with you more. I took Wake Forest as well. I think they will win their first ACC road game uh, this uh, coming weekend. And I'm like you, uh, taking the Deacons. Angela, you're next. You know, this is one of the stadiums that's on my bucket list just for Enter Sandman. I want to see that intro so badly. Um, yeah, I'm picking Virginia Tech just for that reason. Having to come in and in a crowd in a stadium like that, listening to that energy and coming in. Um, offensive line has allowed 22 sacks in five games, uh, and and that's that's huge. If their offensive line can't get it together, Wake Forest doesn't have a chance. So I'm going with Virginia Tech. All right, Bernie. Hey, it's tough to win there, Virginia Tech, uh, for a road for a road team. But I'm going with Wake Forest. Okay, so we are so far uh, in agreement, except for Angela. By the way, this Ange- is the only game without a ranked opponent. By the way, really that we're we're judging on. Everything yep. else has a ranked opponent. Yep. All right, it's gonna be a great game. I think it's gonna be a lot of fun. Um, I will come back and we will talk more about Oregon and Washington and the rest of our games. But first, uh, before we go to break, a little trivia, Bernie. Give somebody a chance to win a pair of tickets to the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. I always love to have, give away tickets. So here's a trivia based on this last week's games. Georgia Tech came away with one of the most incredible wins in college football. 
with Miami leading 20 to 17, in case you didn't know, the Hurricanes could have taken a knee to run out the clock. Instead, they decided to run the ball out the middle, fumble the ball. Georgia Tech recovered, and in 25 seconds, went 75 yards to beat uh, uh, Miami. Yep. Just, uh, just a bad decision by the coaching staff. So, having said that, when was the last time that Georgia Tech played in the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl? Who did they play? And who won the game? Ah, and that's, that's part one. When was the last time Miami played in the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl? Who did they play and who won the game? A six-part question today for there Sun Bowl you. trivia. So we want to know last time Georgia Tech and Miami both played in the Sun Bowl. Who did they play and who won? Right. Not so, going to ask for the scores. I could have so, gotten tougher. No. So all we need is year, opponent, and winner. Yes. That's it. Okay. You've got it, folks. 505-6009. Let's go to Charlie 1. Then we'll come back and keep things moving on our Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl Watch. Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl trivia. pair of tickets to the game. Now his. And, um, boy, Mike did a good job. I wonder if he just knew that information right off the top of his head, Bernie. You know, uh, you know, you do have some 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 pretty good football people out there, but We've got uh, some savants. That's right. The last time Georgia Tech, Tech played in the Sun Bowl was on December thirty first, two thousand twelve, and they beat USC twenty one seven. Okay, and that's when they came to the Sun Bowl with a six and seven record. Uh, I remember because a couple of t- ACC teams were on probation, so they couldn't uh, so they couldn't go to postseason. Uh, uh, Georgia Tech wound up playing in the. ACC championship and lost, but because it was not a regular season game, they came they came here and USC was favored by about twenty one points. And, yep, and uh, became really good friends with Paul, you know Paul uh, Johnson, uh, the, the head coach at uh, at Georgia Tech. And the last time Miami played in the Sun Bowl was on December twenty sixth of two thousand fifteen, and they lost to Washington State in that snowstorm, uh, twenty to fourteen. So congratulations to Mike, appreciate that, and like I said. I want, I want Miami to, to come back. Sun, So do I. You know why? Because that means we'll get another snow day in El Paso. I mean, those, <laughs> right? poor, those poor guys, they've never had a good weather day ever when they come to El Paso. It's always either snow or cold when Miami comes to town. You know, at the time fun. that they were supposed to be here and didn't come, uh, yeah, we got rain. I remember. So, so I remember. Had they shown up, that would have turned into snow. Yeah, but don't tell that to the Chippewas. They were pretty happy when it was Absolutely. all said and done. All right, uh, let's get right back to it, guys. The uh, This week's uh, Chick-fil-A Tony the Tiger uh, Sun Bowl Selectum Contest takes us to game number four. It's going to be a great one, too. Oregon at Washington. The Ducks are eighth in the country, and uh, man, oh, man, look at what uh, the Huskies have done. They're 5-0, and 2-0 and in the Pac-12. Identical records for both. Oregon's number eight. Washington's number seven. Washington, a three-point favorite from Husky Stadium. Guys, I-, I went back and forth on this, but I went with Oregon because Oregon has looked dominant so far. That offense just scores, scores, and scores, and I know Washington's going to be tough. But, Ange, when I think about uh, just how good Oregon's been, I think that uh, they'll be tested, but uh, Bo Nix is the real deal, and uh, Oregon's going to win this one on the road. Yeah, this is the game of the week. This is the one I'm excited for. You have the best passing defense versus the best, best passing offense this week. Um, I mean, it's just they're both coming off bye weeks, which is huge. I think Washington could get an on, of, of home field advantage here. Um, 
and all of my family lives in Seattle, so I think you know, you yeah. know, one pick thing that your, Oregon, pick with your head. Pick yeah, with your the head. one thing that Oregon does have is they, um, they have not, they've only given up more than ten points once this season. So, and that's that's pretty good for a defense. But I'm gonna go with my heart, and I'm gonna pick Washington for my family. Try to make it go with your head. You wouldn't do yep. it. All right, uh, it's Washington, Bernie. Your turn. The only thing that Oregon has is a guy named Bo, <laughs> Bo Nix. Yep. I'm going with Oregon. All right, that's a big that's a big answer. That's a big <laughs> yeah. that's a big thing. I agree. Okay, so Oregon for Bernie. I go Oregon. Ange goes Washington. What about you, Adrian? You know, I've loved I've loved Oregon so far on the season. Bo Nix, Heisman contender right now. But I'll take the Washington Huskies at home. Michael Penix has been playing Penix, outstanding. Yes. To hammer the over, if you're a gambler out there, hammer the over because this one's going to be a high-scoring one. Last year, it went down to the wire, and Washington took it 37-34 in Eugene over the sixth-ranked Ducks from last season. So give me Washington. This year. Let's go next. Louisville and Pittsburgh. This is where we rejoin Angela and get her pick. <laughs> uh, Louisville is 14th in the country, 6 and 0 on the season, 3 and 0 in the ACC. Pitt is 1 and 4, 0 and 2 in the ACC. It's at Acrisure Stadium in Pittsburgh, but Louisville seven and a half point favorites. You know, Louisville destroyed my Fighting Irish last week. <laughs> destroyed them. They're looking for their seven and 0 start, and I'm going to go with Louisville. All right, Louisville it is. Your turn, Bernie. No question about it. I, like I said, as much as I like Pittsburgh and are defending uh, Tony Tiger Sun Bowl champions, uh, they're just struggling this year. So uh, uh, I'm going Louisville. All right. Adrian? You know, I'm a little, uh, I guess, traumatized from last week's pick uh, f- with Notre Dame against Louisville, but I got to go with the Cardinals in this one. I mean, they uh, you know, they hurt me last week, but uh, they're going to help me this week. We're unanimous. We're all going Louisville on the road uh, with a win over Pitt. All right, back to the Pac-12. We'll keep uh, jumping back and forth. Let's get to this next game because, uh, again, should be uh, a- an interesting one, at least possibly. Arizona, after that heartbreaking loss, well, double overtime. They are traveling to Pullman to take on number nineteen Washington State. Uh, the uh, let's see, the Wildcats are three and three, one and two in the Pac twelve. Washington State is four and one, one and one in the Pac twelve. The nineteenth ranked Huskies are seven point. Uh, I said Huskies. Uh, Cougars. Cougars. Cougars are seven point favorites over uh, the Cats. Uh, Bernie, your turn. Who do we take here? Going with the Cougs. Uh, Arizona's a much improved football team that they have been the last few years. But Washington State at home, ranked 19th in the country, 4-1. and one. I think it's going to be the Cougs. All right, Cougars for Bernie. Adrian? Yeah, I'm going Washington State as well. I'm a big fan of Card, their quarterback. Uh, they score a lot of points last week, a bit of a setback against UCLA. I think the Bruins are a lot better than we all think. Uh, and give me Washington State at home against a much improved Arizona squad. I agree with you, Bernie. So far, three of us are, are taking uh, Wazoo. What about uh, what about you? You know, Arizona held their own against USC last week. They did. I mean, it, they looked really good. Yeah. And that's one of the best performances I've seen them play in a long time. But my family are graduates of Washington State. I've got to go Cougs. 
I love how you're picking with your heart this week. It's really good. But that, but that I think, was your heart and your head at the same time, Absolutely. wasn't it? It, re- it really was, Angie. I agree with you. All right, next up, let's get to uh, Miami and North Carolina. These two teams are in the top 25. Miami checks in at 25 after the bad loss to Georgia Tech at the end. They're 4-1 and overall, 0-1 in the ACC. North Carolina's 5-0, and 2-0 in the ACC. Should be a battle of undefeated. That's not the case. North Carolina, Adrian, three-and-a-half-point favorites at home. Miami with the catastrophic loss last week. Let's call it what it was. <laughs> and the uh, North Carolina Tar Heels just got their wide receiver uh, that they've been waiting on, who is now eligible after all the drama with the NCAA. Give me the Tar Heels at home. They need a victory, and they want to continue to bolster their resume. I'm with you on that one. I think that, uh, well, Mario will be thinking about last week for a while, but they're not going to recover so quickly. I'll go North Carolina as well, Ange. Yeah, you know, after that embarrassment, it's just embarrassing. Um, but I love what Mac Brown is doing at UNC. This is one of the best teams in 20 years that they've had and the best starts in 20 years, really, when you think about it. I pick them at home. Okay. So far, so good. Bernie, are you picking the same as us? Or are you going back to Miami? You know, sometimes a, 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 a loss like that that Miami had kind of picks a team up and, uh, you know, and they, you know, they, 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 they bounce back. But I think this is going to work the opposite. I yeah. think they're going to be down. I think they're going to lose a couple more games because of the way they lost that last week. And I'm, I'm going. I'm going with uh, uh, definitely going with North Carolina. All right, North Carolina. It is. We've got three games to go. Let's do a very quick Sports Center update here at the bottom of the hour. We'll come back and wrap this one as we continue. Six hundred ESPN El Paso. That's thirty-three past the hour. We've got three games to go. Let's get right back to it as we continue here on our Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl watch. Uh, USC visiting Notre Dame. The Trojans are undefeated. They're tenth in the country. Notre Dame is five and two, twenty-first in the nation. It's going to be at Notre Dame Stadium. It's going to be an NBC Peacock game Saturday night at five thirty. And the Irish are three-point favorites. And as luck winds up, I get to start this one off. Gentlemen and ladies, I would love to go with the Irish. I know that you know they need this win in the worst way possible. But USC survived last week. I don't think that they're going to follow that up with a down performance. I think they're going to come ready to play. They're going to show you that they are absolutely a team to be reckoned with for the playoff talk. And I will go and start it off, Angela, with USC on the road over Notre Dame. Here's the deal. Sam the Savior, I call him that during every Saturday game. (laughs) Sam the Savior will have to get back to his uh, passing ways if they have a chance. Three interceptions last week. But he did throw for 240-plus yards. So he still has it, but he's got to take those interceptions out. But I have two words. I have Caleb Williams versus two words, go Irish. Caleb Williams is going to be hard to be. He's a Heisman Trophy candidate. He has looked outstanding this season, really has. But I got to go with my fighting Irish. Go Irish. All right. Angela says the Irish. Uh, Bernie, what say you? USC might have been looking ahead of last week to Notre Dame, uh-huh. you know, on the road. And they, like I said, they, they survived. Good way to look at it. They yep. survived because they might have been looking ahead. But I just think Notre Dame at home is really tough to beat. And I'm going with the Fighting Irish, not because I'm a big Notre Dame guy. I really think that they're going to beat USC this week. Sam the Savior. All right. We'll see what happens. 
Adrian, your turn. Yeah, I can't do this. I have to go Caleb Williams, <laughs> a USC, uh, number 10 in the country right now. They've got a hard uh, schedule. I mean, think about the Trojans. Next week they got 16th-ranked Utah coming at home. Uh, later on in November they've got number 7 Washington at Oregon and then the UCLA matchup. USC needs some victories, and it has to come this weekend against Notre Dame if they want to keep that college football playoff uh, you know, dream a reality. So give me the Trojans. Two to go. Here we are. Sneaky game with North Carolina State visiting Duke. NC State's 1-1 in the ACC, 4-2 overall. Duke's 4-1 in the uh, overall and 1-0 in the ACC. They're 17th in the country as well. It's at Wallace Wade Stadium in Durham, North Carolina. And Duke, a three-point favorite. They are... As, and they, it's a good thing that they had a bye week because their QB did get in, he injured his ankle against Notre Dame. If you all remember Sam, the savior, Sam Hartman, uh, he waited after the game for him. If he plays, it might be a different story. NC State has changed quarterbacks. They're going with a freshman now who did outstanding last week. If he plays and Duke's starting QB is out, then I pick Duke. Uh, NC, uh, sorry, NC State. If their QB comes back. I think they're hard to beat, and I pick Duke. So it just depends on who's who's starting for Duke. So uh, that's the biggest wishy-washy prediction <laughs> in the history of the uh, contest. Yeah. Yes. So oh. I got news for you. Uh, NC State. There Upset. you go. I was going to say, make it. A, she, she's made a Upset. decision. Upset it is. NC State, Bernie. Duke very easily be 5-0. and all. Yeah. You know, they, And they played Notre Dame tough. Might have, could have won that game, and I'm going to NC State a struggle this year. Mm-hmm. Said they're changing quarterbacks all over the place. Yeah. But they found I'm it. going with Duke. All right. Bernie says Duke. Angela says North Carolina State. There's dissension in the Olivas household after this pick. What about you, Adrian? You know, I'm going to have to go with uh, NC State here. I like this matchup a lot for them. Not too far of a road matchup. So, you know, uh, I like this one for the Wolfpack. Give me them. I don't like this one for NC State. I'm taking Duke at home. I think this team is good. I mean, they might wind up in El Paso when it's all said and done. Who knows? I will go Blue Devils, which takes us to our final game of the week. Number 18, UCLA, visiting number 15, Oregon State. It's the Bruins and the Beavers. So UCLA, 4-1 and one overall, 1-1 one and one in the Pac-12. Oregon State's 5-1, and 2-1 and one in the Pac-12. Uh, something's got to give at Research Stadium in Corvallis, Oregon, where Bernie... Oregon State, three-and-a-half-point home favorites. I hate to go against our, our Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl team who gave us a tremendous game last December, mm-hmm. but I'm going to have to, and I am going with the Beavers this weekend. Just too tough at home. Yeah, because okay. and that's basically why I'm picking them because they're at home. All right. Uh, what about you, Adrian? Uh, give me UCLA. I love their defense. I actually think they have one of the top defenses in the country right now. Look at how look at their past couple games. They hold Washington State to 17 points. That's a good offense. They hold Utah to seven points a couple weeks ago. I like the Bruins. Give me them in this matchup. So interesting you went there. All right. The only loss that Oregon State has had all season, all season, at Wazoo, and they lost by a field goal, 38-35. They beat Utah, beat them convincingly, hung 52 on Cal, and they are not going to disappoint against UCLA. I am saying beaver fever, baby. Let's go Oregon State. <laughs> and your turn. 
you know, UCLA, you know, Adrian's right. UCLA has one of the best defenses in the nation. They hold their opponents to 12.2 points per game and 254 total offensive yards. Oregon State's coming off an easy win against Cal, 3-3 three and three Cal, too. And I, they're going to have to bring it against UCLA's defense. They really are. Um, but I'm going to pick the upset here. I'm going to pick UCLA. All right. Defense wins championships. There it is. So Birdie and I will take Oregon State. And uh, Adrian and Angela taking UCLA. A lot of a lot of split picks this week. I like that. That's going to be fun. <laughs> you got a big smile I'm be on your face. Way behind, or I'm going <laughs> to catch up. Yeah, you time. will. Yeah. Uh, total number of points, tiebreaker scored during the Oregon Washington game. Angela, we'll start with you. With me, I think it's going to be thirty-seven, thirty-four. UW, so seventy-one points total. Oh wow, seventy-one it is, Bernie. Not that high. I'm going 64. 64. All right. Adrian. I'm going really high. 85. Wow. Yeah, I'm going really high. This is going to be uh, way over, way over. I went 71 like Angela, and I didn't even calculate the score. <laughs> I just took a total, so I went 71 on that as well, but I like the way she's thinking. 37-34 works for me. That will be a lot of fun. Hey, you did great. Thanks. I hope you enjoyed as much as we did. I did. You this was awesome. This is good. Um, off season for the Chihuahuas. Locomotive have a couple of road matches. Well, actually, one road one match. One more left. road match. We've got to win this to stay in playoff contention, and yep. and I think they will. I, you know, Oakland Roots. They've been always been our nemesis. We lost to them that first 2019 to get into you know the to for the conference championship. We lost to them to get into playoffs a couple years ago. So it's going to be a tough match, but I think they're ready. I think they're ready to play. Excellent. It's so, great to see you. Good to see Thanks you, Thanks for being here. Bernie, are we going on any trips this week, any scouting trips, or is that next week? No, that's, I'll, I'll start next week. And okay. like I said, I've, I've got one coming up where I can probably catch three games in one weekend because oh. North Carolina you, uh, North Carolina State and Duke are all playing at home on the same, you know, on the same weekend. So I'm going to try to catch uh, all, all – well, actually, one of them is a non-conference game, so I'll try to catch five teams. And that's the way we, we, we schedule our travel to see at least possible. two games, at least two teams that are possible. But, uh, so, but yeah, so we're not going anywhere this weekend. And uh, I hope uh, at the same time, I hope UTEP continues their uh, – you, know, con- you know, stays on that winning streak this coming weekend. They need to turn around. And I thought it was a good yeah. game last night. Can't wait for the Battle of I-10 yeah, on the Wednesday. I it's think it's going to be, be so much fun. And like I said, our, our, both our conferences, you know, this deep into conference play, we there's still 13 teams that are ranked. It's amazing. It just Never makes liked you feel, this before. It makes you feel real good about about who we're going to get, no matter who we get. That's I right. think we're going to have some two pretty good football teams playing the Tony Tiger Symbol. Come get your tickets. We'll okay, you. December 29th. We'll see you back Tuesday next week. That's normal time, And looking forward to it. And appreciate you guys making the time for us today. Absolutely. Thank you. You bet. It's fun. Angelo Olivas, Bernie Olivas, Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl Watch. Uh, scheduled to join us, UTEP men's basketball coach Joe Golding. We'll do that next as we continue 600 ESPN El Paso. 10 in front of 6 right now as we continue here on Sports Talk. Adrian, a special treat UTEP uh, men's basketball coach Joel Golding joining us now in these um, El Paso sellout games are, are wrapping up tomorrow at 5, so fans don't have a lot of time. Yeah, and it's a big matchup, Steve. It's Santa Barbara who's coming into town for the men's basketball squad. A great opportunity for the city and the community to rally around this men's basketball squad who has some expectations going into the season. Coach, good to have you back. You know, uh, the two of us, we've seen you practice. We've been impressed so far. And uh, like you, I'm sure, just uh, ready to get you on the court to see what this team can do. Yeah, thanks, you guys, for having me. Uh, 
late night for you, huh, Steve? I heard you were out in Miami all night, man. Huh? Oh, my right. God. Listen, I, I land, we landed at like 3.30 in the morning, got to bed after 4, woke up, and I was sleeping until uh, one of the UTEP uh, athletic individuals called, and, um, and that was like my alarm that woke me up, and uh, I would have slept probably. I'd still be asleep right now if I had a chance, Coach. <laughs> it was good, uh, well, but you want to know something? You guys. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, a flight like that is much better after a W. I'll say that. Well, there's nothing better than a road win and a flight home, you know. Uh, and there's probably nothing worse than a road loss and having to stay on that flight, you know, coming home or being on the road for another 48 hours. So there's nothing better than road wins. Oh, uh, there's no doubt about that. Uh, meanwhile, regarding yeah. your team, uh, you tell me, Coach, uh, are you pretty happy with the way the summer worked out for them and at least where they are in their progression here in the middle of October? Yeah, I've, I've told both of you guys this before, and I, I've been on the record, uh, you know, in the fall. I, I, I like this team a bunch. Uh, it reminds me a lot of our Abilene Christian teams. I, I like our culture. Uh, you know, I think our guys are protecting our culture. Uh, you know, this, these guys are on time to everything. Uh, you know, we've had a great summer. Uh, our veteran leadership has been really, really good with Tay Hardy, Otis, Calvin, um, Kevin, uh, and those guys have just been terrific setting the tone. Our newcomers have come in and just gelled really well. You never know when you recruit uh, guys to come in how well they're going to gel with what you have, uh, but just been really pleased with, with how it's coming together and obviously think we have some depth uh, that we can run bodies and we can hold kids accountable, you know. Uh, I, I think in college basketball today, if you don't have depth, it's hard to hold guys accountable anymore. And so uh, I think we've formed some depth. We've got some competition um, and so, uh, perfect example today, we had a red group, uh, you know, that, that went against what we would consider right now, maybe our top eight or nine guys. And our red group was terrific today, um, and, and challenging our guys. So again, we couldn't do that last year. So I just think where we have, we have more players, we have better competition. And when you do that, you have better practices. And, uh, usually if you have better practices, you play better in the game. So, uh, extremely happy with where we're at right now. Coach, uh, today we heard the news that both Tay Hardy and Calvin Solomon listed on the preseason all-conference list. Those guys, I, I know they come in with high expectations, but I feel like they warrant these high expectations. They they want to play a lot better than they did last year. Yeah, I hadn't heard that yet. Did it get released today, I guess? That's correct. Yes, it did. I got you. Yeah, well, good. I mean, I, I think both of them deserve it. I, I think uh, Tay Hardy has had as good a summer and fall as anybody I've ever coached. Uh, coming off a year that he was obviously frustrated. What people forget about Tay is, you know, he didn't play basketball the whole year before we got him. And um, I thought, I thought as the season went on, he wore down. And obviously, the pressure he felt a bunch of that uh, because we couldn't score the basketball, and he felt like a bunch of that fell upon him. And I just think we wore him out. But I think he's been terrific. He's healthy. He's had again a great summer fall. And Calvin has been a pleasant surprise uh, this summer and fall as well with his consistency. Calvin's got all the talent in the world. I, I said this in the summer. I think he can be the defensive player of the year in the league. Uh, and then offensively, when he's locked in, he can score and he can, he can create offense for other guys. He's a great passer. Uh, last year we didn't see that at times. He was too up and down. He turned the basketball over. And, uh, you know, there just wasn't the consistency that we needed from Calvin. And so he's shown that uh, in the summer and the fall. I'm really proud of him. I think he's grown a ton. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think both of those guys are, are, are deserving of that.
How are his acting skills, Coach, in your opinion, considering Calvin is takes a lot of pride in being in local commercials? Um, he has told uh, me that he thinks his last commercial was some of the best acting he's ever done. So you tell me, is, is Calvin Solomon a uh, pretty convincing actor when it comes down to it? Well, twofold, Steve. In today's today's world of name, image, likeness, I think you can get kids to do anything for money, right? So I think Calvin's acting skills is, is motivated by money. Uh, and number two, uh, I think he had a great example from my mattress firm commercial last year, right? Wouldn't you agree? Oh, without I think a doubt. That was one of the best commercials in, in El Paso, right? No, I'm kidding. Uh, but uh, shout out to mattress firm. But um, I have I've actually seen it once, the wind supply commercial, uh, and I actually saw it uh, the other night. Maybe when I was watching the UTEP game, um, the, the wind supply with Gavin Hardison and, and Hankins, the two football players. But Renee's been terrific. And, uh, you know, we don't talk a lot about it. Obviously, it's, there's some gray area in this. But in, in college athletics today, the name image likeness is, is at the, 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 you know, the, the front and, and center of, of college athletics. And we're very fortunate to have people in this community that want to help our athletes uh, with that, you know, and so that's obviously a sell in recruiting and helps us. And we, as, as we continue to build uh, that in the community, it will help us continue to attract really, really good players. Coach, uh, last question before we wrap things up with you, and that is the initiative. It ends tomorrow. It's uh, a, a really a forty-five and thirty-eight dollar ticket priced for twenty-two fifty and nineteen dollars. So you slash them right in half. Uh, it's going to be a terrific basketball game too. UCSB, one of the best. It's November thirteenth, and an opportunity to to get in for a really good special and uh, and pack the house early. That's really what it's all about, isn't it? Yeah, Steve, I mean, it's been a big part of me this summer and fall pushing our administration to, uh, and I know you've been on it on ticket prices for a long time, but just pushing this administration to, we, we obviously had a bad year last year. We went 14 and 18. It's unacceptable, and I've taken the hit for that. Um, you know, I'm the head coach. I'm the leader of the program, and it's unacceptable to me. And uh, we had such a great first year where we got a lot of momentum going, and we're just trying to build that momentum back. And we've got a great opportunity. I was reading Lindy's Magazine on the airplane going recruiting last weekend, and um, UC Santa Barbara is one of the 10 uh, teams in, in the country they picked that could surprise people in March. You know, it's a team that's been in the tournament two out of the last three years. They're going to come in here with the preseason player of the year uh, in their league. He was player of the year last year in their league. They got a bunch of high major transfers. Uh, they got a terrific team. They're very well coached. Joe does a terrific job. And so it's a great opportunity for us to, 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 to get the Don Haskins center of the back uh, where we had it year one at the end of the season with the North Texas-type games and, and try to sell it out. I think there's no excuse, Steve. We sold out the football game against North Texas last year, and if it wouldn't have been for the rain, it would have been an unbelievable environment there. Uh, and I think there's no excuse for us to not sell out the basketball deal, too. I think we've already sold uh, maybe 9,000 uh, tickets, eight, eight to 9,000, if I'm correct. I think there's only four 4,500 tickets left Fantastic. Uh, for that game. I think we've had some corporate sponsors step up, and uh, I know uh, Mayor Leaser has done a great job of supporting that as well. And so we just want a great crowd. We, 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 we want to welcome uh, UC Santa Barbara to El Paso uh, and, and have a great crowd there. Coach, we're excited about it. Hey, appreciate the time, and we'll get, uh, get you in the studio. We could spend a little bit more time with you prior to the season starting, but thanks, as always, for uh, giving us a few minutes here on the show. No, you got it, man. Appreciate both of you guys for what all you do. Um, uh, very, very, very thankful for that, man. So go Miners. We'll see you soon. He's Coach Joe Golding, folks, as we continue. We'll take you up till uh, getting ready for the start of Thursday night football. It's right around the corner as well. KC Denver coming up, 600 ESPN El Paso.